Hello and welcome to According to John. I just want to take the time today to say thank you for listening to this podcast. And I sure appreciate uh, your time and know that you're taking the time to listen to According to John. If this podcast has helped you, please like, share, subscribe, follow, uh, tell someone else about it. When you hit that like button, it lets the algorithms know uh, that you like it and it helps grow this podcast. So if you would do that, that would be fantastic and so appreciated. And today, I hope you enjoy the podcast. God bless. Number six, <clears throat> reason to go to church. Uh, or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, five is encourage your pastor. Number six, uh, to find godly mentors. Listen, there are people who have walked that road before you. I promise you, I have paved a ton of bad highway. I, I can help you avoid that. I can help you avoid the, the potholes and the, and the train wrecks. And I can, uh, there's so much that I can help you avoid. Why? Because like Paul, um, my life before Jesus was just not good. And I've done things I'll never forget. Things I will take to my grave regretting, but praising God I've been forgiven. And there's many others sitting in these seats that have been down the same road. Or maybe a different road that I, I cannot even relate to. We had a, a lady, uh, they've since moved south, uh, I think to Florida, uh, but she was like, uh, she had had an abortion and, and it, it just almost destroyed her life. And she said, Pastor, um, can I have a class to help women uh, who have had an abortion to understand they don't need to carry that guilt, God's forgiven them. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, absolutely. But I'll tell you what was interesting. She sent me an email, poured her heart out in the email. I never responded because I never got it. And so they were leaving the church, and I went to their house, and I said, why are you leaving the church? And she shared with me this, and I said, I, I never got it. I said, send it to me now. I have my, my phone. I go, send it to me now. And so she did. And it wouldn't go through. I said, do it again. And it wouldn't go through. I told her husband, I go, send me an email. He sends me an email. They're watching it on my phone. He, uh, uh, he sends me an email. Click. I got it. Satan wanted to stop that from happening. Because he doesn't want people to have peace. He wants them to walk in guilt. He wants them to be destroyed. He wants them to be beat up. He wants them to be defeated. And so I said, send it to your husband. Have your husband send it to me. I will go home today and I will read it. I will get back up with you tonight. I went home, I read it, I contacted her and I said, do it. What do we, what do we gotta make happen? See, we need to be, uh, we need to find godly mentors. Some of you have gifts that you can offer that you can really help people, but you can't stop looking in the mirror seeing only you. You gotta remove that. That, that silver, that back plate so that you can see the world. It's like looking through a window. James talks about that. Guys, you can make a difference in people's lives. You just got to get out of your way to do it. I'm going to give you this passage, uh, but for time's sake, we're not going to read it. But it's an amazing passage. Uh, and it talks about 
sharing wisdom and insights and vulnerability to teach everybody uh, and to teach one another. Write this passage down because every one of you need to go home and read this. Uh, and you need to read it every day for 30 days. And, and if you're asking me if I'm telling you, if I can get away with that, yes, I'm telling you. Every day. Titus chapter 2, verses 1, chapter 2, 1 through uh, 3, 3. Titus 2, 1 through 3, 3. Read it every day, every day, every day. And then pray for God to send somebody into your life that you can mentor. Pray to do that. We, we need that. We need that, guys, because everybody can teach somebody. You just can't make it about you when you're mentoring someone else. You make it about you when your mentor comes to you. See what I'm saying? Like, like don't confuse the role while you're in it. First Corinthians 2.9 says this, But as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. You want to know what God's prepared for you? Get involved in what God is doing. Get involved in the church. Get involved in what God has called you to do. God has called you to exercise your gift. God has called you to move. God has called you to pray. God has called you to witness. God has called you to invest in someone else. God has called you to live a righteous life. You get involved in all of that, God will open up. Listen, God, uh, uh, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for you. When you love him, and Jesus says this, if you love me, keep my commandments. Do you understand now we understand what love is, or at least we have a direction to go with love? What does love look like? Keep God's commandments. What are, what are God's commandments? Now we understand our actions to show our love. Did, did you get that? God didn't just leave us to go, hey, if you love me, what does that look like, God? No, no, no. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's what it looks like. It's always action. Love is always action. Love is never dead. Love is never just a feeling that we don't share. Love is always action. It's always going forth. And I will tell you this. Sometimes love doesn't look like love. When I would discipline my children, if you asked them back then, they would not have told you that that looked like love. But it was because I love them and I want them to walk in the, in the way that is right and profitable and beneficial, not just for them, but for our household, for the society they're going to grow up and be a part of. I have to discipline them. I have to teach them. The Word of God says that if you don't teach your children in the way that they should go, that you hate them. And my children had to know I love them. He says, you hate them because you did not teach them in the way that they should go. And so I'm just going to tell you, if we want to know what love is, you've got to get into the commandments of God. And then you've got to walk that out. And sometimes it looks so wonderful and sometimes it's so painful. I had a guy call me last week who had some bad news for me. And he calls me up. And he said, uh, I just had to tell you, um, he doesn't come to the church. Uh, he's, anyway, he's like, John, I, I, okay, I'm just going to tell you, you know, I, I didn't want to call you because I, I didn't want to have to give you this news. Uh, but I, had, I told myself, man up and just do it because he's got to know. I said, man, I appreciate it. I really do. Thank you. And guys, sometimes we just, ladies, we got to man up, woman up, whatever you want to call it. 
And we just got to do it. Why? Because it's the right thing to do. Number seven. Uh, number seven is uh, to teach your kids to love the church. If you want to teach your kids to love God, they need to see you love God. And if you want them to learn uh, the love of God's people, they have to observe you loving God's people. They're, they're going to learn what they see. My dad used to always do this when I was just a little kid. My dad has such a heavy hand. And, uh, and then he would, and he would beat me for doing the things he was doing. Anybody, right? You got to understand what I'm saying? And so then my dad would say this uh, uh, saying uh, that I'm sure many of you have heard. Uh, Don't do as I do. You do as I say. The problem is what he was doing was screaming louder than what he was saying. And what he was doing was saying, well, if he can do it, why can't I do it? And so I would join in, not with him. <laughs> I would join in. Uh, I would participate in activities he partic participated in just with different groups <laughs> and then hide it. But listen, if you want, if you want your kids to love God, they got to see you love God. If you want your kids to love people, you got to love people. If you want your kids to love church, they got to see you loving church. If you're not, don't expect them to. Luke 6, 40. And this is really interesting. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be, what is that word? What's the word, what's the word after uh, will be? Like his teacher. You, you want your children to be like their Sunday school teacher? Or like the school teachers today? You want your kids to be like you or like what you tell them they need to be like? The scriptures say that the one who is training them, that's the ones that they will be like. It doesn't mean that they're going to take up the profession that they take or that they're going to uh, 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 have the work that they're going to be like them in the respects, do they love God or don't love God? The in, guys, I'm telling you, the influence is amazing that we have on people. You want your children to love God? Get them in church so that they can get under a good Sunday school teacher, which, by the way, we have amazing teachers in this church. So they can be like that. The influence that you have is stunning. The problem is we don't realize it. And we think we can have our own life and it's not going to affect anyone else. And I'm just going to tell you, people are watching you. They're watching you. Luke 6.40 says that students will be like the teacher. Look here, number eight. Number eight, uh, to be uh, a light to your community. I'm going to skip a lot of notes here, but look, Satan wants to destroy any sense of love and community, especially in the body of Christ. But when we really live it, do it, and take it to someone else, and they love Jesus, what you see is Satan wants to destroy that. And if we would be a light to our community, uh, we could change uh, lives. We could change so much. And so I just want to encourage you to let that 
begin with you. Uh, matter of fact, in Matthew 5, 13 through 16, it says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Guys, if, if you lose your love and your zeal for God, it's just going to get trampled out by men. And we see that happening every day with Christians. Uh, you are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden. <clears throat> but nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And so, guys, I'm telling you, you have to be so careful not to let people put your light out <clears throat> and that, that you let it shine. And it will only shine if you love the Lord. Number nine. <clears throat> Number nine. We're to bear each other's burdens. Galatians 6.2 says this. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of, of Christ. I'm telling you, life can be hard. And man, you get a phone call that just, that all of a sudden your life will be good and everything is great. And then all of a sudden one day, one message, one whatever destroys your life, your mood, whatever it is. If you're anchored in Jesus, it doesn't take you down. If you're not anchored in Jesus, it pulls you out. And what's the most amazing thing about when we bear one another's burdens, if we just make a phone call, if we just make a phone call, Tom and Mary used to live in Florida. Tom found out he had cancer. Linda calls me and says, hey, uh, they found out Tom's got cancer. I called Tom. Tom, can I pray for you? He was like, yeah. And so I prayed with Tom. A little bit later, I call, hey, Tom, how are you doing? How's everything going? Are you hanging in there? Tom, I want to make sure that you know Jesus. Can I pray with you? Yeah. And I pray with him. Fast forward a year or two later, they moved back to New York. Front row. Do you know why? He was going through struggles as someone reached out to him and then invited him. And here he is. Guys, don't, don't think that you don't make a difference. I'm just going to tell you, if we bear one another's burdens, it's going to change people's lives. And so when life throws us that curveball, man, we're blessed by someone loving us, supporting us, and praying for us. I'll tell you, uh, if you guys don't know, um, Carl's sister passed away yesterday, day before. His brother passed away uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, you need to reach out and love on him and, and Debbie. They're struggling. Man, we lose loved ones, it's a, it's a battle. Man, you guess what? You come along and you love on him, it, it just strengthens him to get through the day, to get through the week, to get back in here, to be in corporate worship, knowing that he's loved and that we love God and we all go to the Lord together and we lift one another up. <sighs> Changes lives. Changes lives, guys. And then number 10. Number 10 says this. We need to come to church because God says to. Hebrews 10.25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day, capital D, approaching the day is the rapture. Guys, we're seeing the, if you know anything about prophecy, the rapture of the church is, is, is right at the door right now. 
Jesus could come at any moment, and I'm telling you what, I'm like, Lord, let it be now. I'm ready. I'm ready. It gets very tiresome fighting the world. But man, when we do it together, it gives us the strength to go on another day. The problem is with the American churches, we've dropped the ball. I have one more video because I was reading before you start it. Just have it ready. I was reading about a man who, who, uh, from China who was sharing that their underground church, they come together and they sing worship. They sing hymns, but they have to do it in a whisper because if they get caught, And here we come together, we can shout to the Lord, and we don't do it. Sometimes it befuddles my brain. But I want you to hear a testimony of what those in China go through. And then we struggle just to show up. Let me finish with this uh, story. We go to China from time to time, and, and uh, uh, we train leaders. And this time we brought up 22 leaders from the Hunang province and they rode 13 hours on a train to get to a hotel that they came up two by two in these elevators as, so as to not draw any attention. And then they got to a hotel room, a little apartment uh, room. It's only about 700 square feet in the little living room, no air conditioning, hardwood floor, 22 sat there. I came in and when you teach in China, you start at eight in the morning and you don't get done till five at night. You teach the whole day. They were sitting there, all 22 of them, and I looked around and I said, now, if we get caught, what will happen to me? They said, oh, you'll get deported in 24 hours and we'll go to prison for three years. I said, you're kidding. How many of you have been in prison for your faith? Out of 22, 18 raised their hands. I thought, no way. And I looked at them and I said, you, you 22 people, how many people do you oversee? Because they were all of these small group leaders, underground church leaders in the Hunang province. I said, how many, if you counted up all the people under your jurisdiction, how many would it be? And they counted them up and they said, little over 20 million. I said, what? See, we forget there's 1.3 billion people in China. This is crazy. Well, I had 15 Bibles and I passed them out. Obviously, seven didn't get them. And I said, let's turn to 2 Peter chapter 1 and we're going to read it. And just then, one lady handed hers to somebody next to her. And I thought, hmm, interesting. Well, we turned there anyway. And as we started reading it, I understood why she gave it away. She had memorized the whole thing. She just recited the whole chapter. When it was done, I went over to her at a break and I said, you, you, you recited the whole chapter. She says, oh, yes, I've memorized many chapters. I said, where did you memorize so many chapters? She said, in prison. <laughs> she said, you have much time in prison. <laughs> so I said, but don't they confiscate the Bible? And she said, yes. So people bring in scriptures written on pieces of paper, and they bring it in. So I said, but then if they find that piece of paper on you, won't they confiscate that? She said, oh, yes, that's why you memorize it as fast as you can. Because <laughs> even though they can take the paper away, they can't take what's hidden in your heart. 
wow. Well, after three days, you fall in love with these people. And when it was done, I said, how can I pray for you? I'm going to go back to America. You guys have been just so wonderful. How can I pray for you? They said, you know, Wayne, you guys can gather like this whenever you want to in America. We can't. Could you pray that one day we'll be just like you? And I looked at him and I said, I will not do that. Big, incredulous eyes looked at me and they said, why? <laughs> I said, because you guys rode a train for 13 hours to get here. In my country, if you've got to drive more than an hour, people don't come. You sat on a wooden floor for three days. In my country, if people have to sit more than 40 minutes, they leave. You sat not only here for three days on a hard wooden floor, but you did it without air conditioning. In my country, if it's not padded pews and air conditioning, people don't often come back. In my country, we have an average of two Bibles per family. We don't read any of them. You hardly have any Bibles, and you memorize them from pieces of paper. I will not pray that we become like, uh, you become like us, but I will pray that we become just like you. How uncomfortable are we willing to be for the truth, the gospel, and the light for someone else? See, guys, I can't answer these questions for you. I know where I am. And one of my prayers to the Lord is, Lord, if someone were to ever put a gun in my face and tell me, denounce Christ or die, Father, give me the strength to tell them to pull the trigger. I never want to allow myself to get into a position where I'm not walking with Jesus. Where are you? And that's just what I want you to take home and think about today. Well, I hope that that podcast was a blessing to you. And again, if you would, please like, share, subscribe, follow, and uh, tell a friend about it. And until next time, God bless. God bless.